0: Well, all right, all right, all right. Happy Tuesday to you guys. Those of you who are tuning in live, this is Coach Lois. I'm super excited to have a special episode. I was actually uh, done with my Friday lives as of of last week and um, wanted to put this extra special episode because it's the holiday season. Um, People are getting ready for New Year's resolutions. They're thinking about health goals. They're thinking about wealth goals. And I didn't want to end the year without bringing on my friend, Hugh, who's a shamanic practitioner, who will be talking to actually, ideally for the, the, the next hour. Um, and really, I hope you guys bring questions because this is an interesting topic for some people. It may be even controversial because I haven't been super open about my spiritual inner journey work this year until really the last 30 to 60 days. However, this work, I got to tell you, it's probably been the most important decision that I made in 2021. And uh, you're going to be hearing a lot more about it in 2022. Um, Just a couple housekeeping items, uh, because this is just how December has gone. (laughs) We are not able to live stream inside of Facebook. So I really, really hope that you guys are on YouTube. Um, I want to acknowledge and apologize. It was beyond my control. Um, technology is not my number one thing. Um, but I just actually posted the live stream inside of Facebook in the healthy and wealthy and wise. Group. So that's where you, get, you can tune in live and comment and ask questions. So I'm gonna go ahead and introduce you to you. I, I appreciate your patience while I, I got all that stuff out of the way. Um, super grateful to have you here. I met you actually just before the pandemic. I saw that you were the mushroom shaman on LinkedIn and I was like, oh my gosh. And back then I was all about, and still am by the way, mushroom coffee, right? Reishi and all these other um, amazing immunity boosting mushrooms, right? Cause I have an autoimmune disease. And then last year, where experienced a lot of loss and information, and just feeling kind of dead inside, I was like, I need help. And so someone said to me, go check out, talk to, you know, uh, people who have access to psilocybin, ayahuasca. I mean, there you were in in my my universe. So wow. I'd love to hear a little bit more about about you, and what is a shamanic practitioner, and what is this mushroom shaman all about?
1: Oh, okay. thank you. Um, I still have my morning voice, so it'll be a little deeper: uh, <laughs> So, yeah, our connection was amazing. <clears throat> we just sort of happenstance met uh, a, like months before 2020. Yeah, 2021. was it We met in 2020, right?
0: No, it was 2019. I'm 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 weird. I'm a Virgo, so I remember dates really well. It was okay. September of 2019 where we had our first conversation.
1: <laughs> yeah, we had like coffee at Whole Foods and stuff. Yeah,
0: yeah,
1: yeah. Maybe not coffee, but. You know. <laughs> but um, yeah, so I got we were really excited because I do love reishi mushroom, and that's, that's such a important mushroom in the world of. Um, Health and mycology and history and and, and shamanic journeying, um, which I've done a lot of work with, and and then also wild foraging. It's it's a, such a prolific, important mushroom. And in history, um, we we call it the mushroom of immortality. There's the herb of immortality, and there's the mushroom of immortality. So they're both mushrooms. It's <laughs> funny. The one is the herb of immortality. It's the red and white magic mushroom. And at the time you and me when we met. I was doing more work with ibotenic acid, muscomol, and these red and white magic mushrooms and we were doing ceremonies in San Diego, which was legal then. Um, as things have progressed, and I've always done work in the background, in the shadows, with uh, psilocybin magical mushrooms that we're hearing so much about. Um, now it's coming to the forefront. Obviously, you're having a little bit of a an out about it today, your, your psychedelic shamanic journey work. And, uh, and then, of course, reishi. It's such a huge compliment to the healing process. It helps with Shen or um, the calm that allows us to sleep and dream, and then it um, it really helps with the kidneys and a bunch of other organs and keeps us clean and detoxed from um, radiation and other cancer-causing agents. But yeah, uh, thank you for welcoming me to the show. I want to acknowledge everybody who's here live because um, it's it's a big deal. Like ask, asking questions on a live show can be It can be surprising and fun. Oh, look, looks like Lily.
0: Doc Lily is here. We have doctors in the house. Just so you guys know, when doctors show up and we're talking about microdosing and magic mushrooms, there's something going on. So we got Dr. Mel from Minnesota. And I know I see we have at least five viewers right now. So, guys, just just to reiterate before we continue, um, you can ask questions. We're probably going to go for about an hour. Uh, You can share this link. Uh, on whatever platform you would like. We would love that on this winter to day as people are going into the holidays. You know, that could be a stressful and emotional time for a lot of people. And maybe that would be a good place to start. You know, how does microdosing, because that's where I started with you, just to give you guys my story really quick. Um, you know, I was struggling with grief. I was struggling with, you know, uh, what I call my recovering perfectionist type A, workaholic personality, work hard, play hard. I got into this, this cycle that was very unhealthy. And in February of this year, I made my first $40,000 month, which, you know, someone might say, wow, that sounds awesome. I would be so happy to make $40,000 in a month. And I was kind of like, huh, I feel really dead inside right now. And I realized, oh my gosh, money can't buy you happiness. So I need to go I need to go inside the place. Quite honestly, Hugh, that I wanted to avoid because I did it. I avoided through alcohol. I avoided through food. I avoided through what I call a swear word, busyness, right? Working all the time, and I did a shamanic walk with you. I think it was like two or three hours outside in a trail with microdosing. Yeah, and I've been doing it ever since. So, why would someone reach out to you? And to to do this and how how can microdressing help?
1: So so first of all, I want to be really clear that I, I do I do work as a shamanic apprentice and a practitioner. And I, I tell people in public not to call me a shaman because we as a global Western society really don't have that tribal setup. And so it's a kind of a, a word that is misappropriate in our culture. So I'm just a human, I'm a father, I'm a working professional, just like everybody else. And I do healing work and I apprentice to the real shaman, which I think is the fungi or nature. Um, and so really the, the work that we did together was me helping to speak for the shaman, which was the mushroom that you took. And, and it, since it's inside of you, you were blossoming into a shaman in that moment with consciousness expanding the lowest shaman, which is totally really powerful, kind of different way of looking at things. And of course my website is mushroomshaman.com and everyone thinks it's referring to me, but it's really referring to the mushroom shaman. <laughs>
0: I love that analogy by the way, because I do know it's, it's kind of a taboo thing it, and people don't understand what is the shaman thing, but we are, as, as I think Tony Robbins or someone said, you are your own guru. Mm-hmm. You are your own healer. When your body's given the right tools, it can it can heal itself. And I noticed for me that journey starting with the, the microdosing, it slowed down my type A personality in a natural, healthy way. It caused me to want to go sit on the couch <laughs> and relax, <Yeah. laughs> which was a big deal for me. So would you say that everyone being their own shaman consuming microdosing is going to have a completely different, unique experience based on their body?
1: Totally. I mean, it's basically, it's an interface. It's like mixing drinks. You know, you, if you start with water, you get a certain solution. You start with milk, you get a certain solution, you know, oil and water sometimes don't mix. You can say like the way that our body stores things tends to be toxins. And I would assume emotions are stored in like, Thicker substances like fat, and so when you're mixing a drink with fat versus mixing a drink with water or blood, um, water being the blood analogy, you're going to get a totally different texture, totally different taste, and obviously a different way of digestive result. And so, in in your particular case, you know, we did what I call a uh, medicine walk. <clears throat> it's a walk in which you know you're not really hiking, but you're walking per se. And there can be different levels of it. You're outdoors in nature. We were um, taking a small uh, dose of mushrooms. I think it was like a 200 milligram dose, maybe a 100 milligram dose, just kind of toe touching into what it feels like in the body and the mind to be in different awareness, maybe sharpen, sharpen the senses and to have a dialogue and mostly acknowledging in that, in that walk um, your ancestry. You know, where you came from, your story. And that's a huge thing. If you can just take new perspectives or allow the mushroom to give you new perspectives as you're speaking and doing a talk therapy, also in a sort of safe container. And we were on a trail that you knew pretty well. And Mm -hmm. obviously we were not super challenged. It wasn't like a, a live or die situation. And so we just we had more of a casual walk than anything. Mm-hmm. and and I feel like we you got a chance to unpack, and maybe perspective changed a little bit as a result.
0: Yeah, you reframed some things. Uh, this is also a great thing to talk about as we talk about the holiday season. Holidays can be very emotional, even depressing, because a lot of times if people aren't feeling connected with their family, if you might be different, have different philosophies, different thoughts, or and I know Dr. Mel is a big proponent of this. I'll give a shout out to Dr. Mel. Um, mushrooms have been a game changer for her own trauma healing, leadership, and aligning with her uh, spiritual purpose on this planet. So self healing is is so so key, and why a lot of people I think are turning to this, and it's becoming it's it's becoming more common. I hear more, I I just randomly talked to someone the other day, like, oh my gosh, Lois, I'm microdosing five days a week. Someone else. Um, my kid's music teacher was like, "Hey, yeah, I, oh my God, I can't believe we just talked about that. I just started yesterday. <laughs> so besides reframing, you know, like maybe family trauma or reframing relationships, emotions, um, what are the top, if you had to pick, top two or three reasons why someone would come to you and start microdosing? And then I, I know I do know Dr. Lilly wants us to talk about a couple um, topics we will not ignore those. I just wanted to acknowledge that.
1: It's it's t- difficult to stay within this, this small topic because fungi is such an expanded universe. But yeah, we can talk about that stuff. I want to acknowledge that um, I go to the gym here in Arizona because I'm no longer in San Diego where we met. Um, and I, I, it's g- really good because I, I'm a full-time father. I take care of my son and he's a homeschool kid. So we're together all the time except when we're at the gym and he gets to be on his own. But I've noticed about... It's about like 10% of the trainers at the gym, maybe more. Um, And everyone's a little quiet about it, but they're all microdosing on mostly on mushrooms. And, and there's people up there that are even talking about other therapies like ketamine and stuff like that. This is, Mm -hmm. this is becoming such a big deal that the fitness community who you would never really think about as having (laughs) like emotional problems, right? You see them, they look so good. They're working out every day, every day. Very positive too, because they all have to be coaches in their own way. Yeah, and they're
0: all microdosing. Oh well, yeah! Remember, I was a personal trainer. I yeah. had to have the perfect body, the the perfect workout, the you know the six pack abs. I mean, there's a lot of pressure in that industry. Let me tell you, and and a lot of pressure in in a lot of different industries. So I think that's really cool. That and did they say to you why they were microdosing? Um, there hasn't been a lot of
1: discussions. The reasons why? I mean, I think, I think as a society, and after COVID, and what the pressures our government are putting on us, we all kind of have a form of uh, fear and anxiety that we're coping with. Like, there's just there's so much fear, more than there has been in the world, the Western world, in the world of the United States um, as a tribal society, and then there's. There's tribalism, there's like, oh my gosh, your voting tribe is gonna get my voting tribe or I'm not part of the tribe, leave me alone. And, and so now there's like this feeling of, you know, people out in the street with pitchforks and, and, uh, and flames, like they could be on their way. And it's just, a, it's kind of an existential form of dread that our society has been trained to have, yeah. in my opinion. And it's mostly because of the media and that sort of sanctioned by the government. And when we microdose, when when I think the gym trainers microdose, when people who are are athletes microdose, who are capable people, um, I think we're really looking for perspective changes. We want to see over our edge. We know our limitation might be to fight off the government and a mob of people, but we also want to know that we... We can get to that edge better, see that edge better. And that was one of the, the studies, I think, I don't know who did the study, but one, people, one researcher was saying that uh, small doses of psilocybin increases visual acuity and the ability to perceive distant edges. Mm. So if you're like a basketball player, you're shooting for your, your, um, your hoop, you're going to see that hoop in a different way than if you weren't microdosing. Um, There's also all this research on how it changes the brain and Mm -hmm. the brain images they're showing from the Johns Hopkins studies. It's basically like a brain without microdosing and a brain with psilocybin. And and they're obviously not saying like use larger doses yet. But I think that there's a place for that at some point. Mm -hmm. It's that we see, I don't remember how many times the connections, but it's like it's like eight or ten times the connections of neurons firing in a brain that has access to psilocybin.
0: I love it. I love it. Yeah. Cause I, there's, there's, there's so much controversy and it, it's not necessarily, how should we say uh, approved by the FDA, <laughs> right? So yeah. they're not turning it into a huge moneymaker. However, what we're about here on the healthy, wealthy and wise show, just so you guys know is getting to the root cause of your, health issue, the root cause of your wealth or abundance issue, and having that innate wisdom to to, to go within and, and be able to find that within that is going to bring your highest and best version of yourself. Um, I know that there's a book, How to Change Your Mind by Michael Pollan it talks about it. There's a, a really good day, um, a, a book about a 30-day journey of a woman who microdosed with LSD. Do you see a continued trend of growth of this, Uh, and if so, how so?
1: Yeah, microdosing is a definite continued trend. Um, It it started a long time ago, so now it's just picking up speed. Organizations like maps.com, Multidisciplinary uh, uh, Association for Psychedelic Studies, um, they're forerunners in the research. Um, I think they've got MDMA or ecstasy, They've got uh, marijuana microdosing. Obviously, everyone's doing CBD. That's basically like marijuana microdosing. Um, I'm sure there will be better forms of that. And as we notice, um, the brain changes, the body changes, our relationship to stress changes. Um, LSD, if you, if your listeners don't know, it's a synthetic that was isolated off of a fungus. So that's a big deal. It's still fungal, fungal yeah. medicine. <clears throat> And then going on and on from from heroes in the in the fungal community talking about like uh, medicinal mushrooms, like Paul Stamets goes on to say, and he's a he's an amateur mycologist, but probably the most well known mycologist. He goes on to say like lion's mane mushrooms are really important for brain health and
0: mm-hmm. keeping
1: our our neuroplasticity and and protecting the, the nerve uh, sheaths in our body as we age. But Um, I think the the best thing to do um, as as somebody who's studied a lot of alchemy is to just expose yourself to things that um, will stretch you and expand you. And even if that's just in your daily and you don't know for sure if you can handle the next level, like blowing open open your box, just get just get to the edge of your box and peek out. And and that's where like a 100 milligram microdose might be. Or an 80 milligram microdose might be of psilocybin, magic mushrooms, specifically cubensis mushrooms. Um, And so like if you're if you're having access to these things, which are at the moment still considered street drugs in a lot of places, um, maybe just just look out there. And I've I've been part of um, this community a long time and the microdosing thing I've done for probably 12 years or more and just off and on throughout my life. And it helps with emotional times. It helps with stress. It helps with um, changing one's perspective on, on fear and anxiety. And I think, I think when we get to those places where we're, we're breathing up here or we're not breathing at all, this medicine automatically changes that. And, and a lot of that is because this is so frequent. The mind stuff is so frequent that we aren't breathing so deeply and down here.
0: I know we talk a lot about um, breath work. I've been doing ketamine therapy. There's a lot of different things that I've I've been reminded. <laughs> Don't forget to breathe. <laughs>
1: yeah. I mean, the mushrooms respirate just like us the, as a, as a fungal entity, as a community um, they're as an organism, they're on the same path we are, except they're just, they're digesting externally. We're digesting internally. So mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So obviously they're like, and it, it's interesting to try and look at this as an analogy for we're emotionally internal, they're emotionally external. So their emotions are set to what the planet's mm-hmm. health is. Our emotions are set to maybe what our communal or environmental or our personal family stuff is. But they're they're out there as a web experiencing what nature's experiencing. And so if you ever go for a walk, and I'm not saying go pick magic mushrooms or any kind of mushrooms if you don't know but if you go for a walk, look at the, the fungal health in the area. If there's drought and you know there's trees, but there's no mushrooms, there's probably something that needs to change. And the water element may not be present. And as a result, the emotional system of that part of the planet or that neighborhood is not flowing. And when we're flowing emotionally, and that's what I think the, the fungal medicines bring to us when they when they help us flow then we don't die we have more opportunity for staying in stasis staying in longevity staying in health um example is the reishi again going back to the mushroom of immortality in ancient chinese medicine Mm. is the kidney element and that is about water moving the water filtering the water of the body
0: I love that. Yeah. And I want to, cause just so you guys know, we've had, we've had some comments here. Um, I wanted to let Nicole know that we are going to talk about, um, the, the actual inner spiritual journey work that I've done with higher doses. So yes, we are going to get to that in the second half of the show. Um, and I do want to acknowledge your microdosing class. So I, I just want to let you guys know, I posted his microdosing class in the comments. So we'll get to that, but I do know Doc Lily specifically came today to ask, how does microdosing impact autism and alcohol addiction?
1: Okay. Yeah. So um, should we acknowledge the class now or after I take that question from Lily?
0: Whatever you think is best.
1: Let's 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 um. I want to mention something about the class while well, well, it's on 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 my mind. Um, so one thing about it is it is a is a free education resource that provides people with classroom materials. And I I know I'm putting my neck out there being a front runner for this microdosing uh, movement. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I kind of have to. Um, obviously, there'll be different business structures in place to to prevent me as, a, as an individual um, from having uh, personal responsibility for distribution, but I can have personal responsibility for education and harm reduction. And that's really important to me as a healing practitioner, as a shamanic practitioner, as a member of the community, as a leader, I want you to know exactly what you're getting, how you're taking it and why you're taking it and mm. what dosage works for you and what interactions can happen. So the class is all about that. It's more of a class on what is microdosing, how to do microdosing. But um, we have to say that when you get that education, you're paying for the education, you're paying for the membership, but you're also getting free classroom materials. You can kind of like read into what that means. It's sort of like a free gift in the mail. Um, And that way you can kind of microdose along with us. Knowledge is power,
0: and um, I love that you're you're providing the the kind of the how-tos, because I see so many people, and I think that's where it also can become dangerous, where people use themselves as in a science experiment and maybe get some materials, and they're trying to microdose on their own, which I would never recommend <laughs> personally. Yeah. Um I'm sure you would agree with me on that. Um, and to, to have the education and the understanding of it is so powerful. So I want to acknowledge you and thank you, Dr. says thank you also. Um because I do I do think that there are people who will do microdosing and then they're not truly really aware and conscious of what they're experiencing so without that that guide and that that knowledge or education um, i would say talk to you before you try microdosing that would be yeah.
1: fine. and there's a lot of there's a lot of safeguards i'm mostly just wanting to i want to personalize everything but i also have to generalize the stuff that i'm saying to everybody um, and and one of those things is just safety like and then stair-stepping your dose to determine where where your micro is because it's different for everybody and then also if um if there's more like we'll talk about autism in a second if there's more going on and i'm a trained herbalist please give me a call um or reach out to me via email and i reach out to everybody personally right now because we have the you know we have a low amount of students we have like i manage about 20 to 30 orders a month um and and i do everything in-house so i want to make sure that it's customized or at least the information is customized Mm -hmm. um so yeah let's so what was the other thing besides autism
0: autism and alcohol addiction
1: okay so i'm gonna try to speak to autism because i know less about it um autism Maybe like a spectrum term, as far as I'm aware. Mm-hmm. And uh, when we deal with mental illnesses from a shamanic perspective, from a maybe ancient Chinese T- TCM perspective, Chinese medicine perspective, mm-hmm. we're, we're dealing with um, full body dysfunction, not just the mind. And so um, and, and from a shamanic perspective, we're dealing with soul dysfunction, familial dysfunction. So one of the best things you can do is provide an excellent environment for the the will, which is sort of a spiritual thing to adapt to the localized consciousness. So with autism, depending on on what the symptoms are, and I I dislike a lot of these blanket terms personally. I'm sure there's like there's OCD in there and there's dyslexia in there. And 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 autism is is just. It's really hard for me to see as like a, an individual treatment or how to treat an individual with autism unless I'm just treating the individual. So I'm, you know, I'm gonna try to re- reroute, if I was treating a, a person, I'm gonna try to reroute the terminology to something that is treatable because as far as I know, a lot of autism isn't treatable. And that's just like saying MS or cancer. And these are just blanket terms. Mm -hmm. Um, so where I would, where I would start with would be with, um, just a a microdose of psilocybin containing mushrooms, and I would determine what the effect is and where the effect is at the dosage. So, um, and, and that's as simple as doing it on yourself. If you're the care provider and being like, all right, I noticed something and it it works, I think, especially well with movement. It works especially well with, with no to little food in the body. And then, when it, if you find your edge, you find where you're feeling something, that's the end of the microdose. That's the biggest thing. Mm. Don't dose beyond that. We're not, we're not macrodosing. We're not shamanic dosing. We're not doing journey work. We're just stretching the brain's abilities and awareness and consciousness to the edge of the box and peeking over the edge and Mm. then go back in your box and do it again the next day until, until you're all the way out of the box then one day five to 50 days later or something like that you can step out of that box and realize that it's a box within a box and that's a whole nother like bigger unpack that has to do with um deeper dosing maybe a variety of different substances and stuff like that so in the realm of psilocybin and psilocin specifically um just take to that edge and see what changes in the brain um, it's going to reduce from, from an, I don't know particularly what autism in this case means, but I know it's going to reduce OCD and dyslexia. It's going to change the language processor. Um, that means, uh, basically somebody who communicates one way will change their perspective enough to communicate slightly different or hear words differently. Words will have different meanings. Hmm. Now, as you push the dose. Um, and it may be worth like a larger dose once in a while, like a triple or a, or a, a five times dose. And, I'm, and again, I'm not saying shamanic dose. I'm not saying heroic dose. I'm not saying a four gram plus dose of magic mushrooms. I'm saying up to a gram. So microdosing for some people is up to a gram. And I, for me, that's not right. I can't do my day. But if I'm taking a gram dose and I need to take a bath, That's not really doing my day. That's me taking my taking a bath. And it will always sort of reconstitute my brain. And I'll see language differently. I'll hear music differently. Learning will change. And this is a huge deal. Learning changes so, so, so much. Um, Our ability to be stubborn is conditioned by our brain and the setup, the physical setup of the brain. Well, if the rewiring occurs, if if it's not as stuck let's say this is the way it is now less tension and you can see that like the brain is tense blood flow changes blood pressure changes
0: mm-hmm.
1: and stuff happens and so then the psilocybin allows the brain to sort of re not a lot but re, reconnect itself a little bit differently
0: mm-hmm.
1: and and i think that's huge and and so one thing i want to want to say anecdotally is that psilocybin And a bunch of these medicinal mushrooms like reishi, chaga, lion's mane, cordyceps, um, and turkey tails that are in the formulas that I produce, um, they all help to lower blood pressure and normalize blood pressure. Many of them are adaptogens, so they aren't going to just push one way, they'll push to the middle and balance. And while I think psilocybin isn't particularly an adaptogen in the greater forms, it's definitely an imbalancing herb and the body's Resistance to it teaches, or tolerance to it teaches us about how maybe um, maybe we need to vary what we're experiencing
0: mm-hmm.
1: in in the human form. It also teaches us maybe it's it it is worth thinking about from a like a toxicity level, like not taking it every day. Mm-hmm. And that's a big thing about microdosing too. Is and even Stamets has said this when I was listening to one of his lectures in person. So you want to let your receptor sites wash the psilocybin out. And psilocybin and psilocin wash out. These DMT-like molecules wash out every 24 to 48 hours. Um, if, if they're not, receptor sites aren't being bombarded every 24 to 48 hours. So as you, as you take the microdose day by day It will weaken. The effects will weaken. So then you take one to two days off, or I like to say 36 to 48 hours off, and then you restart. And it's just as good as it was the first time. So the body adapts. And I think I would look at autism and alcoholism, which I'll get to in a second, um, as an adaptation to genetic fire or Mm ancestral upset. Um, and not just ancestral upset at the family, but ancestral upset at the culture. Mm. And like that, just hopefully it flipped it on its end for you. Like think of it not as a mental disorder. Think it as a holistic, environmental, familial, and ancestral disorder that's coming through with different things like OCD. And I would like to say that, um, I think my son has OCD. And I was personally, in my story, misdiagnosed with um, AD, ADD or attention deficit disorder. We just had different things going on, different perspectives. That, from a holistic medicine perspective, there's tons of other treatments than drugs for the mind. And, you know, luckily I'm here to guide and watch my son's progress so that we don't have to treat him with um, medicines for OCD.
0: Well, I just, you made me think of one thing I want to, I do, I've seen some questions so really quickly. I just want to, and Lily had a part two. I want to get to Lily's question first and then let's talk about the alcoholism part. But I do want to say, I just watched the, I've watched the Fantastic Fungi or Fungi, whichever. Everyone
1: should watch that. Everyone should watch that. Watch
0: that. That's an amazing one. But then also Crazy Wise. It's a documentary Crazy Wise. I saw it on Gaia for free. You can get it through, I think Amazon prime, whatever. Uh, but just talking about that ancestral component, you made me think of that because a lot of times we think of, like, I have an autoimmune dis-ease, right? Mm-hmm. And that's, that's you know, also is inside of um, the wisdom of trauma, another documentary. Just I'm just really absorbing a lot of, like, why do I do the things I do? Why do I react the way I react, right? Where did this dis-ease come from? And a lot of schizophrenia, bipolar, autoimmunity were actually were considered gifts from your ancestors. It's like, it's trying to get your attention, right? Like, I, I don't know if you can, you know, speak to that. And that's also what I've learned through the heroic dose journeys, which we'll get to. We have so much to cover guys and only so little time, but I just wanted to mention that too, because I think so many people get stuck on the labels and they think something's wrong with me. I think it's more about changing that, but like you said, flip it on its head and be curious and see if you can't find people like you to have these honest, conversations and not feel so weird or isolated or bad does that make sense
1: totally i would i would like to maybe even table till january some of the heroic dose conversations okay because that's it that's a whole more than an hour into itself and i'm totally welcome i'm totally welcoming you onto my podcast if you like and yeah i can interview you about your heroic doses and have comments about it that'd be fun but um to go back to what you're saying, um gift from the ancestors, yeah, totally. It's not looking at it as disease, looking at it as you're special. And um in a shamanic community, in a tribal society, we would be people with empathic and psychic things going on as children and growing up, they would be pulled aside and taken to healers and it would be treated more holistically and psychologically rather than just with drugs or just with chiropractic or whatever. I'm not saying anything bad about chiropractic because it ha- it has its places and, or not just with needles. You know, it's a holistic thing. It's like a whole body thing. So and, and that extends into the extensions of the body. So the body is a receiver for information from the past, the future and all that's present, but not here and now. Mm-hmm. So.
0: I do wanna acknowledge Lily. thank you for that. And I agree with you um, because Nicole had asked about heroic dosing. I know Dr. Mel, um, we're gonna, I'm actually having an event in January. So for those who want to talk more about that offline, reach out to me. I'll make sure I give Hughes contact information also in the comments and at the end. Um, But Lily said since she has TCM background, uh, traditional Chinese medicine, the kidney meridian is highly involved in autism. So would Reishi alone be better a better choice other than, not, instead of doing microdosing.
1: So I would I would suggest using a combination, again, from an alchemist perspective, I would suggest using a combination of Reishi. So get um, like red Reishi, Dwanwood Reishi, black Reishi, get all the different kinds of Reishi, try them out, mix them together, try them out. And then um, also use psilocybin and, there's two there's two ways to look at this. You can use psilocybin daytime for cognition and learning, or you can use psilocybin nighttime for t- sort of letting the brain rest and reconstitute through dreams. Um, it kind of just again, it depends on the environmental conditions and the communication that you're having with the, with the patient or the person. Um, and again, maybe maybe you don't have an autistic um, in your in your space, and uh, your child. If Is it her child? I forget. Yes. Okay. So maybe you don't have an autistic child. Maybe you have somebody that's touched by God or who's a shaman, a real shaman without the cultural upbringing, without mm. the backbone that is needed. And so we, in the shamanic traditions, call that uh, a spiritual disease or a shamanic disease. They've been called, but they don't have um, any, any cultural conditioning as they're growing to shift and change into somebody who communicates between spirits and this world. And so that's a big deal. Like, um, and even people who are semi-normal that have the shamanic calling, they'll have an injury or uh, an illness that leads them to going on a spiritual journey and really making acknowledgement of the of the hero's journey or the spiritual journey mm-hmm. to be more complete as a person and to live a, a life that is, what we would call normalized.
0: Awesome. There's more questions, but I wanted to get to the alcohol addiction um, sure. question that she also had.
1: Yeah. So alcohol addiction, I mean, you can speak to interrupting thoughts, right? The microdose for you would interrupt thoughts. So mm-hmm. if you felt... Cravings or thoughts. You took about two hundred milligrams. Mm-hmm.
0: I was going to say for me. Keep in mind, I would microdose and keep for me. And I'm just being totally transparent. I have I have zero. Well, okay, maybe not. That's not true. I won't say I have zero yeah. shame. <laughs> I'm working. I'm working through my shame and yeah. self condemnation and judgment from uh, ancestors. Um, but anyway, uh, ultimately for me, alcohol was a way to calm down my type Right plus environmental, cultural salespeople, right? We all, there's a lot of us that have a tendency to work hard, play hard. And I got in that rut, right? I got stuck in in, in the, the Buddhist culture. They call it being in a trance. So I actually have total empathy, total empathy. My I've, I've had family members who passed because of alcohol addiction. And I don't even like that word, to be honest with you. It was, it was a trance. It was a habit the cycle that they couldn't break because they didn't have access to things like this. Like for me, it's been able to help peel back the layers and slow me down and be more conscious instead of autopilot. Let's just have more to drink.
1: Yeah. So, so yeah, looking at it as an addiction from a physical standpoint, physical chemical standpoint is reasonable because there are people that take it to the degree where your body requires it to do its normal functions. Mm -hmm. Um, That isn't to say that it isn't part of a psychosomatic shamanic disease or illness. Um, So, and and that also isn't to say, speaking to your particular familial lineage, it isn't to say that there isn't some great uh, Motivator, like your ancestors really wanted to be uh, rich and famous, or something like that, or to be acknowledged in some way mm. for having done it their way, and and that gets all mixed up mm-hmm. with the intention of uh, trauma, and and trauma being a subconscious and set of intentions to push towards that goal. So I think really like what you have is a very sensitive body system, and you're empathic, and you're so empathic, which is on the bridge, on the bridge of being psychic, that you have strange dreams and ancestral contact from childhood. Mm. I mean, you look at the man you married, you are, you are moving into a space <laughs> where you, you get to acknowledge spirit, spirituality and the shamanic path.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And when you do that, you're more complete as a person. You have less of these diseases eases mm. and, and the challenging thoughts. And Buddhism, I love Buddhism. I actually acknowledge myself as a Buddhist. Um, And the reason that is, is because, and and it's an and, it's not just a just. Um, Is it, it is, it has so many features, at least Tibetan Buddhism has so many features of shamanism. Mm. It, it's not divorced from the shamanic philosophy and way of seeing things.
0: Mm-hmm. And, and
1: these are philosophies and not religions.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So it's just, it's a, it's like a perspective. Um So and that's really great. Honoring the ancestors is really great for you and, and making those changes is really great for you. So speaking spe- specifically to alcohol- alcoholism, I mean, we're gonna deal with aspects of grief. And you know, in TCM, we talk about grief in the lungs, but pushing that grief all the way down. Like imagine if grief is a wind thing, if grief is like a moan, the wind wailing, that's how I think nature expresses grief. And the wailing. Mm. wailing. Um, in in the Mexican tradition, we have Yarona, the the wailing woman.
0: Mm. It's
1: like a it's like a ghost that goes around dressed in a in a white outfit, and then she always is seen crying or wailing.
0: Yeah.
1: And you can't tell that she's normal, and or you can't tell she looks normal until you get close to her, mm. and you like, try to console her, and she's just a skeleton. So this is this is all here. This is all a condition of the upper chest and heart. But when we add water to it, we get that grief that sort of pools. And that, I would say, is an aspect of like bitterness. It's an aspect of shame. It's an aspect of loss. Um, mm. And these things, and then, you know, there's other words too, like disappointment, um, not feeling good enough, uh, and a resource game. A lot of alcoholism is associated with immigrants and difficulty growing up, Um, stress factors, not having the, not having the tribe to raise the kids. So Mm -hmm. you get anxious and you want to drink so that you don't necessarily hit your kids, but then you get drunk and then you hit your kids kind of thing. So there's all these stressors that lead to, um, they lead to a pooling energy. And um, I would think of it as if, if in TCM we, we have like wood elements down in the liver mm. which is about growth um, and change and being eternal. Uh, we also get a type of rot or a type of fungal. And again, to make alcohol, you have to ferment it. It becomes a fungal process. Mm. Cheese and alcohol are these fungal processes. And so as we're getting yeast and fungus and, People like people use kombucha too in addictive ways. So, as we're getting all that yeah. in our system, we're also just not fully processing what I would call like a lack of, um, of, um, l- like joy in life. It's, it's bit, it's the opposite. It's the bitter in my experience or mm. the shame, you know, instead of celebrating and joy and light, like, hey, I made a mistake, but I, I got back up and I, resolved it it's oh there can be no resolution there can be no action there can only be pooling and i want to like i really want to drill that in from the perspective of and i'm again i'm very i'm very non-traditional in my medicine treatments in my herbalist practice um, because it's more alchemical which means i'm combining systems Um, but it is it is when we have alcoholism, we have a mold or a yeast. And, and I'm not maybe saying that physically, but obviously the environment that we're creating with having alcohol is more conducive for mold and yeast. It's an anaerobic process. So a big deal is breathing in that area. And again, we talked about how psilocybin mushrooms, they cause you to breathe deeply. They want to respirate. Fungi imperfecti are the molds. They're anaerobic, and fungi perfecti, or the the fungi that produce mushrooms, they're two sides of uh, a species in balance. The light and dark side of a species in balance. That are they're eaters of the dead. They de- digest everything, and so mm-hmm. the fungi perfecti need more oxygen environments. They're, all fungi need to breathe. We obviously aren't dead if we're breathing, but if the body is breathing deep and low into the intestines, it's detoxifying things that it wouldn't normally. And psilocybin and cordyceps, which is funny, um, entomopathogenic fungi or a a bug consuming fungi. um, These things cause specific deepness and expandedness of the breathing. And they go all the breathing process should go all the way through the body. Um, it shouldn't be here, it shouldn't be just in the belly, it should be full and expansive. And as we work through um, different microdose levels and go to a higher level, we notice that the breathing is really part of the guidance. It's part of the way to make it to the next part of our lives, which you know, in in the deeper um, doses and the larger doses with psilocybin-containing mushrooms, mm-hmm. we are going through a shamanic journey process, um, which involves death and rebirth, and and that's really really important. Uh, the hero's journey is always like giving up the old way of life, and coming to a new realization and using tools to surpass the mentor and move forward, and kind of cyclical and then you have to do it again because the ego if the ego was a bush that you trimmed up the ego grows back and will eventually overgrow your path
0: wow i don't know if you guys are getting all this because this is like super <laughs> super deep in a good way i'm getting all of it i'm like i'm i am not taking notes because i'm just like you're reminding me to breathe from time so if you see me going oh yeah it's- <laughs> So powerful to be in the body. And I know that that's really what microdosing helped me start recognizing that I just wanted to try to turn this off through all the busyness, the drinking, the. And, and there's so many other numbing mechanisms Netflix, TV, the. Yeah, news, hello. So- there's so many things. Um, we don't want to just uh, throw certain things under the bus. But I think you covered, you were very extensive on the alcohol part. So Lily says, um, thank you. And I, I don't know if this is your guest, Hugh, but someone, uh, the queen show, um, is loving it. And she actually, uh, I think you're a she I'm guessing. Um, sorry, I don't know you, but thank you for tuning in. Um, earlier when you were talking about the psilocybin and how the microdosing impacts you. And I was talking about, you know, um, slowing down my like type a for, as an example, would you say, this is you being more you or being affected by the mushroom. Does that make sense to you?
1: Yeah, so let's, let's talk about that. Um, microdosing has an effect that is here, starts here. This is your baseline. And then you kind of go uphill and then there's a peak. And that may be like for a lot of people people's two hours, three hours. Um, in, in a stronger shamanic dose, which is like three and a half, four grams, we're dealing with, um, probably about the same three hours. And then, so this is a whole, the arms entirely are a six hour experience, maybe a little longer if you're taking other things. And then, so as you come back down, we should be back into balance. And where I was going with that is basically, um, You ask the question of is it more you or is it more the mushroom? So in the middle, it's more the mushroom. You're more like nature, which is breathing all the time fluidly, and respir, it's not hold nature doesn't hold its breath. So you have conscious control, and then you have automatic control over your breathing. And so as you shift your awareness and you see thoughts and stuff like that um as part of the holding of breath the the holding back of life force because you remember we talked about how your whole body breathing when you're breathing into your brain you're breathing into the extensions of the brain and you're kind of breathing into consciousness entirely like um it's really more of a mystical way of looking at breathing. It's more of a yogic way of looking at breathing. It's like prana, thinking of it as prana or qi, um, or in the qigong sense, doing qigongs, um, the energy of heaven. So the energy of heaven isn't busy. It isn't that busyness word. It's It's shen. We talk about shen in Chinese medicine. It's calm. It's clear. It's receptive. And... It's also discerning, discernment. So it intuitively knows what's in balance. And so we're in the middle, we're not imbalanced. We come back and we come back. Let's say we start here, we go up, we come back. And the new level is hopefully more balanced. And so when we microdose, um, we start with whatever we start with. We change perspectives, reroute all the brain stuff, Take some deeper breaths and then we return and just maybe and more more than likely we're at 15 to 25 percent more capable of breathing deeper, being balanced and having less thoughts that are extra. You know, being in present moment thinking Mm -hmm. or, or discernment, I don't need to think about the laundry. I'll do that in six hours from now. But I do need to think about what's for dinner or what's what I'm going to do task wise to get to dinner. And then after dinner, do the laundry. Um, Your mental lists get, I think, more clear. I always have a much more clear time organizing my thoughts. Mm -hmm. And then I can just go like, oh, I'll remember that when I need it. It's like having imagine. So using a computer analogy, it's like having your RAM being expanded a little bit, and we're clearing the cache.
0: I love it, I love it, I have to say something. Nicole has a really cool statement, everything is you. If you remember earlier, and maybe you weren't here, which just wanna acknowledge, it's Sylvia Chavez. Thanks, Sylvia. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I, know, I knew who this was, um, and Sylvia is not too far from me. So Sylvia, I hope you can come. To our um, spiritual shamanic retreat, January fourteenth. Or if you, anybody wants to fly in and work with me and you together, um, we're going to be doing doing some some inner journey work together. So if you can, you know, if, if you have any interest, please reach out to us. But at any rate, uh, everything is you. You said mushroom shaman means you know you simply have this mushroom as your teacher, and helps you. Be more of you. So I love that statement from Nicole. That's that's really powerful. Um, I don't know if uh, we have a, If you if you have any other questions, you're you're yes, yeah, Sylvia. I will send you the information about January fourteenth. Um, she also had a very transparent question um, about her own personal war with marijuana. Thank you so much for you know opening up and being transparent. Uh, She's divided with feelings on that. I'm not sure um, being totally off of it. Any thoughts? I don't know if you understand the question.
1: Hmm. Um, I can speak to the idea and the concept of marijuana. Feel free, Sylvia, to rewrite a question while I'm speaking. Um, So in the different traditions, specifically South American and Native American shamanism that I've studied the most of, uh, we we do observe dieta or a restrictive diet, um, and that dieta from a spiritual sense, like from an ayahuasca sense, it's more than just what you eat. It's about what you consume with your eyes and what you consume with your loins in the in the sexual sort of realm and um, kind of where you where you reside in your thoughts and your dreams. Um, so obviously, leading up to a ceremonial event, we we have restrictions, so we don't want to encourage a lot of fornication, sexual behavior, we we want to discourage uh, watching movies that are violent, stuff like that. Um, and and again, we I I.